Well, where to start? It's been a busy week, even though Parliament hasn't been sitting. Chantel has been away for the past few weeks, so let's start with your take on the Duffy trial. Everybody's anxious to hear what you've got to say. Oh, my God. Um, that the government's dis dislike what they don't control and the fact that this will obviously drag on for God knows how long at this point is bad news for the Conservatives. That the tact that it took early on, which is basically to try to show that Duffy is part of how the Senate operates is bad news for Stephen Harper because the more you hear these stories, the more people are bound to ask how come he allowed that to happen for 10 years. And remember, a lot of the stuff we hear, we are familiar with. But for someone who doesn't live in that bubble, a lot of uh, the things that sound innocuous uh, to us are jarring. Why didn't anybody do anything about this? So I think on those two scores, and I'm fascinated by the fact that the Conservatives are doing to what is not the Gomery Commission and the sponsorship scandal, but something damaging, the opposite of what Paul Martin did in the sense that instead of saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they're saying nothing there, nothing there, move on. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to work, but it's the opposite strategy. Well, it didn't work for Martin, so I guess they had to try to Let's get on my knees and mm -hmm. with a, an ash uh, bag on my head. No, it didn't yeah. work. But you do wonder at times over this past uh, week and a half, almost two weeks now, whether who's really on trial? You know, is Duffy on trial or is the Senate on trial? Uh, he's certainly trying to make uh, the Senate on trial, and he's succeeding in part. I don't think anybody is buying the idea that he's this innocent, naive, you know, wandering in the halls of Parliament, not aware of how this place worked. Uh, but he certainly, his lawyer has certainly been establishing that there were lots of um, uh, lax rules or rules that were unenforced or behavior that was tolerated that probably shouldn't have been in which he was enmeshed. So the Senate's on trial in part, and I would agree that in some, to some extent the government, the prime minister, is on trial here in the sense that um, obviously the prime minister appointed him, but secondly sent him out across the country to raise funds for Tory candidates. I don't think anybody would pretend the prime minister wouldn't have known that he was doing it in the public dime. Maybe that was tolerated, maybe it wasn't, but just, again, to I think most observers watching this, uh, that sh if that's allowed, it shouldn't be. Uh, I'll just say one thing on Paul Martin. He, the reason it didn't work for him is he called a quickie election in the middle of the Gomery inquiry, so his, his sincerity was somewhat in doubt. Well, the way this is going, there could be an election in the middle of the <laughs> Duffy he, trial. But he won that election. Uh, the first one, that's right. The first yes, one. he did yeah. win sort of. it. He won that, it was the second one when that's he was right. exonerated oh, that he lost, that's but he allowed it to take all the oxygen in the room. The Conservatives hope that won't happen. I'm not sure they'll manage, but uh, that is their hope that the they will you know, move on by doing things. Remember, Harper made himself the issue to some extent when he said, I'm the one who told Duffy he's got to pay back the expenses. So right then mm -hmm. we, we, we knew at that point, okay, he's the guy who's the arbiter of what's acceptable and what isn't. Where this part on? of the trial is not the main event of the trial. I think the main event is still obviously to come when uh, Nigel Wright testifies and when Senator Duffy or Mr. Duffy testifies. Uh, certainly the longer this drags on, this is not good for the government. They had in mind uh, um, that this was going to be unhelpful, awkward, pick whatever word you like, but it was going to be over hopefully long enough before the election that people weren't going to be thinking about it too much. So the notion this is going to drag on is very bad uh, it, for the government. Essentially what's going on, I think, is as this thing plays itself out, is that the Crown technically works for the government, but is doing no favors to the government. The Crown's case is essentially that Conservative Senator broke the rules. The defense is there weren't any rules to break. I think in terms of the Senate, 
Um, that trial's already been had in the court of public opinion, and the Senate has been found guilty, wanting, however you want to characterize that. It's been very bad. If there's any silver lining at all for the conservatives in some of the recent revelations, it's the evidence in Mr. Duffy's diaries that not all conservatives agreed about everything all the time. And maybe there'll be more of that that comes out. I, I say silver lining. I, I'm sure that for a government that cares so much about discipline and the idea that we're all one once we're outside the caucus room, they don't enjoy this at all. Uh, but it might help some voters to know that uh, conservatives do debate the issues internally and, and have disagreements from time to time. It is interesting that the, the, the Duffy diaries do show that. that we've always had this assumption that while there may have been some differences in, inside caucus, that for pretty much it ran the way that Stephen Harper wanted it to run. But what we're seeing, once again, if these diaries are accurate, is that there was you know, a, a fairly uh, a vigorous dispute. Yeah, on a wide range of issues. And uh, I'm sure that nobody's enjoying the fact that he, you know, he drew their names into play and talked about what they said. And, and I know that within parties, what happens is that those cause uh, internal skirmishes. They create ripple effects. Somebody goes up to somebody and says, do you really say that about me? And uh, the next thing you know, you've got more tensions inside. And I think that's really the disruptive effect on the conservatives that's the most powerful one. There should be normally preparing to have a well-organized, disciplined election campaign. And right now they're having to worry about all of these other things. It's appearing more clear by the day that the budget was delayed, not because some mm -hmm. oil drop, some price uh, drop in oil, uh, but because the government wanted the first hit of the Duffy trial to be behind it when the budget came, because if it had done the normal sequence, the budget would have faded off into the, the massive coverage uh, of this trial. Whether a budget coming next week will really change the conversation, I'm not sure. But, uh, and I agree with, with Bruce, the calculations are based on the trial being over in June. That and doesn't the, sound likely. The other thing a budget won't do, no matter what, Senator, it will preempt the attention that surrounds a big witness arriving at the trial. And there are a number of big witnesses, as we all know, on the, on the list. Just to close the, the knot on the conversation, a little dispute you two were having about the 06 election. Right. Um, and 04, 04, 04, actually, we were having yeah, it about the 04, 04 election. 04, because 06, while, while Gomery was still sort of at play there, the big issue was the RCMP letter on Ralph Goodale in the middle of the thing on an income trust. Right? right, although they were already in trouble, the Liberals, before that. It was, it, what that did was it knocked them off pace for about a week. Right. Okay, here's topic two. Now that we've gone back into the history books. <laughs> topic two is Justin Trudeau. And a couple of comments this week that he made about uh, coalition forming. Yes, maybe, no. Here's what he said, first of all, on Tuesday in an interview with the Canadian press. Asked about the possibilities of a coalition with the NDP. He said, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't want to get into hypotheses. Maybe, but maybe not. Okay, so that was Tuesday. So that got a lot of people interested. What, what's he really saying there? What, what's he talking about? So the next day, he was questioned with cameras rolling, and here was his answer. What I've said, what I said during that interview, what I've said since for the past uh, three years is that I am unequivocally opposed to any sort of coalition. I trust Canadians' capacity uh, to determine who will sit in their parliament and let parliamentarians uh, uh, serve them in the best way that they can. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an experienced enough politician to know I shouldn't be answering hypotheticals or interesting questions uh, because the fact is uh, I'm opposed to coalition and I don't think, uh, I don't think that's what Canadians need. Okay, so he goes from a maybe to a pose. Now, was this, was this sort of covering up a, a blunder, or was this perhaps some interesting strategic thinking targeting audiences? Covering up a blunder? 
the Liberals want to convince voters who do not want Stephen Harper to be in power after October that they are the alternative. They want to convince uh, NDP voters in particular that to rally to them. If you're going to tell those voters that uh, they could be empowered in a coalition, uh, the chances of doing that are, are slimmer. Uh, and the Conservatives will come after the Liberals for any talk of a coalition. I'm not saying that's the right answer to say there should be no coalition, but I don't think that the maybe was deliberate or part of a, a great scheme so that he can say one day, here's what I said. And his advisors are saying, you know, that quote was kind of, it's gotcha journalism. The question led to that, but he never meant to open the door to a coalition. I'll take their word for that. Maybe. Maybe. Certain, maybe not. Yeah. The way it was reported was not just that he left it, maybe, but it was dependent on whether Tom Mulcair was the leader of the NDP. Yeah, there was some of that in there, too. Yeah. Yep. Now, that would somewhat undercut the idea that there are these fundamental, unbridgeable divides between the parties that could never, you know, they could never work together because, you know, what if there was a Quebec referendum? Uh, I think this comes to the, that famous category of the, 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 a gaffe is when a politician tells the truth. The fact of the matter is, if we had a, a, what the British call a hung parliament after the next election, let's say the Tories had 140 seats, the Liberals had 110, the NDP had 80, and so on, uh, there would be enormous pressure for those parties to take the government down. If, if, if Harper tried to form a government, to take it down at the first opportunity, the notion that, that he would just pass up on that, that, that chance of power, I think, is untenable. But it is a position that liberal leaders always have to maintain, or so they feel, because that's their strategy in every election, is to scare uh, left of center voters into saying you have to support us to keep the Tories out. Um, I think the NDP are more likely telling the truth when they say, you know, no, if you if you if it came down to it, we could form a coalition government. Bruce, uh, I tend to see it as an accident, but I'm not sure that there's an injury there that's been caused uh, by Justin Trudeau to his own prospects. I, I do think what really matters is how the average New Democrat uh, voter, the soft New Democrat voter, hears the, what he said. And, and both of his statements can't be equally honest, to put it nicely. So, you know, if I ask myself which one I think is the most honest, it's the first statement. Uh, and if I'm a soft New Democrat, I'm hearing two things. One is, um, you know, Mr. Trudeau is really going to make a pitch for me to vote liberal if I want to change the government. I get that, and that may be what I'm considering doing. But I also want to hear that... Um, the idea of working with New Democrats isn't the furthest thing from his mind, isn't something that he could never imagine doing. And so that first statement probably was the more accurate reflection of what's in his heart when he thinks about these choices, and that may be reassuring to some New Democratic voters, too. I'm not convinced. Uh, I think that the uh, large part of the liberal brain trust at least believes that if there is a minority conservative government, then they are second, uh, a, a nice second, it's in their advantage to allow the NDP to have the angst of back to third place, maybe Mulcair leaving, and having an election in 18 months that they can win rather than go into an arrangement that may or may not be shaky, that may give the NDP a reason to live after the setback. So I, I know that voters think that this should happen. I am totally not convinced, even if I believe it's possible, it's a good idea, Totally not convinced that the liberal mindset is to think like that at this point. I think we saw this with Harper in the, with, with the prorogation controversy. When they have a chance at power, they get so many people urging them, you've got to take this. When you're in power, you're in the driver's seat. You're, you're deciding the, the lay of the land. You're not the, the victim of circumstances, etc. I agree with you. There'd be some wisdom in waiting and watching and letting, as you say, letting the NDP twist in the wind. I think they'd be under enormous pressure, though, having 
demonize this government, I don't say without cause, but having demonized this government to sort of leave them in power when they had the chance to take them down would not sit well with a lot of people in the rank and file. I okay. don't disagree. Do you want a quick word on Yeah, I would just say I think there's no chance that we're going to see Justin Trudeau on any other given week say two rather different things about this. So I think he's going to toughen up that second message, and that's going to be where they're going to drive this. So... Uh, as I say, an accident, but I'm not sure an injury, at least not a permanent one. All right. Every politician loves a crowd, a big crowd cheering their name, right? They love to hear that. Watch this. This is what happened last night in Toronto. They're yelling for Prime Minister Modi of India and uh, lapping up some of the attention at the same time with Stephen Harper in the room. Does he benefit from this, Chantal? You know, that, uh, that's not profound, but I think that was the best political move of the week. Uh, and in a week when no one was shining, but still, no politician in this country can get 10,000 voters out to cheer, including Justin Trudeau. Uh, this community, the, the Indo-Canadian community, co makes the difference in a number of crucial writings in and around Toronto, and again in British Columbia, the two places where the Conservatives need to do well. To have Stephen Harper on that same stage, I think, you know, it's a gift, and it costs the party nothing. Quick on this. More substantively as well, we, you know, we've got the prospect of a free trade agreement at some point in the near future with India. Um, this prime minister uh, cultivated Modi quite early on. Um, you know, leaders matter in politics, and to some extent I think he can claim some credit for the closer economic relations we're getting with India. All right. Good conversation. Good to see you all in the studio for, uh, for a change, and good to have you back, Chantel.